On this episode of Resi Week, Cedia training at Powerhouse Alliance, what 5G really means, and growing with Google. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 278, 5G Savior. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. This week, we are pleased to be joined by three of my good friends. First, we have Mr. Dennis Holzer. He is the CEO of Powerhouse Alliance. How are you doing, Dennis? Matt, I am terrific. It's tremendous to be with you all. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm going to apologize off the top. Uh, we're having some tech issues on our platform end, so you're you're going to see a picture of Dennis opposed to Dennis's smiling face. Notwithstanding, then we have Mr. Giles Sutton. He's the co-CEO of Cedia. How are you doing, Giles? I'm doing really well, Matt. Thanks. Uh, great to be here. Here I am actually in an Indy, not for the Indy 500, but here to visit our office. So excited <laughs> to be here and in our training center. Well, you were in the city for the 500. You just weren't at the race, that's right? true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's close enough. True. Last but not least, rounding up our Indiana constituent, uh, we have Jeremy Glowacki. He is the executive editor of Residential Tech Today. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm doing well, Matt, and I am also in the Indy area, not going to the 500. I just live here. One of these days, I'm going to go to the 500. It looks like a blast. It's loud. Yeah, yeah it's fun. Exactly. A blast. Loud. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's kick this off with a story that comes to us from Residential Systems. Powerhouse Alliance and Cedia are partnering to expand in-person training availability. Uh, Powerhouse Alliance members uh, will be offering Cedia's industry-leading training at their 55-plus locations across the U.S. Uh, this is a huge deal. This is going to start in the beginning of Q4 in 2021. Dennis, let me let me start with you right off the bat. What does this mean to be able to have CDA training uh, offered in-house uh, across your 11 distribution members covering 55 locations across the U.S.? Matt, it's huge. Um, you know, one of the things I think in our industry that uh, we encounter every day is finding people um, for the various positions in the industry, be it sales, be it service, the integrators, um, you know, what we typically find is people who have to shadow other people who work for integrator companies to learn the trade. And, and so we've, we now have finally a platform where we can legitimately properly start to train people and understand that this is a total industry and there, there's a way to do it right. Um, and more importantly, I think, and this was the impetus when Giles and I started talking, that you had to go, frankly, most of the time to Indianapolis to get it done. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and I, I kid with Giles that, you know, there's a bunch of people in Chinook, Kansas, who want to learn how to install systems in people's homes, and they have nowhere to go other than to Indianapolis. And, you know, uh, regardless of where you're at, other than Indianapolis, uh, you can't take the time off. Um, 
So this, we're, we're creating a platform that allows people to get into the industry, learn how to do it from the ground up, do it correctly, and now do it all over the country um, in all 50 states. Yeah, that's fantastic. Giles, when you uh, obviously helped work this through and bring this about, one of the things I noticed that this uh, states that it is the first educational partner. Is this something, is this a program that's going to expand? What, what does this look like? And, and what kind of courses are going to be offered at Powerhouse? So you're right, Matt. I mean, um, Powerhouse is the first education partner in the industry. It's not the first way that um, people can get access to our curriculum. We also mm -hmm. partner with academic institutions like Lincoln Tech and Ivy Tech that do already offer um, CEDIA curriculum. Um, however, it is the first in our industry, and we're really excited at the, um, of really, you know, the, 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 the local access that this provides us. You, you know, Dennis hit it, absolutely hit the nail on the head. Essentially, um, that, that most probably techs in this industry um, learn on the job. I think that's probably fair mm -hmm. to say. Um, and then there's this sort of, uh, once they've sort of learned the basic skills on the job, there's also, you, you sort of take manufacturer product training to sort of learn specifics of products. But what that means is, is there's often a disconnect between, you know, uh, actually making sure you get all of the foundational skills that are necessary. It depends who you're shadowing at that particular time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm here at the moment in, you know, CDS training center, which, uh, which, you, which you mentioned. And, you know, I was looking at a, at a cable tester. We hear all the time that people don't test their networks. That has to be trained. Mm -hmm. You have to learn to do that right from the start. And the only way you can do that is through delivering foundation training. So. So with Powerhouse, it is absolutely um, our first um, uh, industry relationship, but we hope to expand it to, to others as well around the world. We see distributors as critical in their local neighborhoods. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's very much the way that we see we're going to be able to deliver this hands-on training that we see that the industry just doesn't have enough of right now. There's plenty online. Um, it's not that we're going to say there's not any online at all. Um, and the, the pathway um, that will be, will be taught in person is also available online. So people can mix and match. It's yeah. really flexible. People can learn some online, learn some that's hands-on, but you know, critically, it's getting people onto the equipment that they're going to be installing, learning how to pull cables, learning how to do things the right way with an emphasis on, on safety and, and all that sort of the various sort of codes that are necessary as well. So that's, that's really what we're so excited about with this. Yeah, that's fantastic. Jeremy, one of the things that Giles hit on and Dennis hit on a lot was the local aspect. We've seen uh, the Cedia the education platform fully revamped the last two or three years, I think, Giles, off the top of my head, um, with all new courses, fully updated, full uh, online aspects, etc. But as we've seen the last year or so, um, not everyone learns at their best when it's just online. And there's some things that can't be taught online. You have to, to Giles' point, you have to pick up that cable tester and know how that actually works. And you can't just read about it or, or watch a video on it. How important is it to have the local aspect in expanding Cedia as a, as a collective, uh, the reach of Cedia? Oh, I think it's, uh, it's in immensely important. And I, I think it's not only just because of the hands-on aspect of it, but also the the ability to save a little bit of time getting there because travel is not the best friend of a integration company or someone kind of uh, getting their start in this business. You know, you get if you're working for a company, which assuming a lot of these folks might be getting started with a company, 
the time away from uh, jobs is, is really difficult. And if you say, hey, I'm going to give you a half day or give you a full day here just to go complete this, um, this course uh, at a powerhouse location, um, that's one thing. But then to say, oh, you need to travel, say, Indianapolis, and you're going to have three days off the job site to do that. that that's a whole other issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe that hands-on is, is essential. I, I long, long time ago did a boot camp, uh, like a three-day boot camp at CDA headquarters, the old headquarters. And there are things that I remember about that um, that just really sunk in because I was literally there physically um, cutting into drywall, doing all the different things you need to do to install like an in-wall speaker and that type of thing. That if I would try to do that um, as virtual as I am, as much as I like being at my own desk doing everything, to try to learn that from a, um, a video or, or reading uh, just to, would have been a different experience. And I think this is just such a great way to blend those two types of opportunities and to have 55 locations to do it with. Um, that's just a no-brainer for, for CDA to make that partnership happen. I love that it's really launching with this cable and infrastructure technician course and certification because I think that is just a great um, entry into the into the industry. Yeah, definitely. All right, gentlemen, let's change topics for a moment. Uh, coming to us from a residential tech today, quick bits, nine experts weigh in on the impact of 5G and the smart home. Read through the article. It covers uh, a, a bunch of gentlemen uh, talking about what 5G is going to do, including some some friends of the show there. Giles, let me let me start with you on this. One of the kind of overreaching points of this and, and what you hear about 5G when you bring it up with integrators and with consumers alike is that 5G has this auspicious effect. People think that 5G is going to be the communication technology savior what's your take on this from you know somebody who's worked in the field who's owned an integration firm uh but also obviously with your position at cdo what what's what's your take on 5g well it's really interesting reading those comments because a lot of the comments um relate to how 5g works with you know with your current with your current broadband provider it being Mm -hmm. seen as perhaps a backup not necessarily the primary. And it's interesting, you know, having, I, I was in, in Portugal, in Lisbon, for three months during the pandemic. You know, you could, perhaps was a digital nomad <laughs> at that point. Um, what's really interesting is that Portugal actually has some of the slowest broadband speeds within Europe. And you can mm-hmm. really see when you're actually there how impactful 5G could be in some of these in some of these cities like like you know Lisbon where I was because a lot of the way that those homes get broadband at the moment is through sim card based routers yeah. so actually you know 5G could be absolutely huge in some well some some historic cities like that and also rural areas so where, where it actually will ensure that, you know, that they, they can start to foster more innovation and these digital communities can start to grow, which is what Lisbon wants to become. So I actually think that um, you have to look at it outside of it just being a sort of backup for, you know, ATT or, or some of those other mm-hmm. providers and it being for some cities and, and rural communities, it's going to be game changing. It really, it really will be. So I, I see it as actually quite a major, major step forward. Jeremy, to that point, one of the big pushes for 5G that I've seen uh, in all the reading and research I've done on it 
is that to kind of to Giles's point, in rural communities, it is going to become the de facto standard. Uh, now, I, I know there's a lot of buzz over Starlink and the, the capability of that, but between the two, uh, the, the concept is that we'll have reliable broadband, uh, essentially countrywide, nationwide, North America-wide, uh, as well as obviously in other parts of the world, but also in incredibly dense environments like New York uh, in, in Manhattan, where 5G is supposed to and, and is touted to allow you to access, you know, quality speeds, whether you're in the basement or in the top of a building. It, it's not going to matter, whereas today it will. Are we missing the boat when we can continually talk about this just as a backup solution opposed to uh, what, what likely will become the standard? I think in metropolitan areas, that very well could be the case. And I do think that the rollout is probably going to be easier in um, these more um, congested city type environments. Um, although I know that antenna placement has become kind of a political issue, too. So that's always an issue, a challenge. But uh, um, I, I do think that that you'll see it in, in cities maybe first before that infrastructure does roll out to the rural areas. So you will will get um, proof of concept there and hopefully good reports and uh, reviews from, from customers that, that get that advantage. Um, one of the comments that I did kind of find interesting that was a good one that was brought up by Todd Puma, who we all know mm -hmm. uh, from the podcast, he uh, he was mentioning that if the 5G service is really great off of our, our uh, mobile phones, that it actually could make the case for improving your home network, that you suddenly see, wow, this is what how fast service should be, and why am I not getting that in you know, my Wi-Fi scenario at home, and therefore talk to the integrator to upgrade the, the network. So I thought that was just an interesting spin on the topic, um, that maybe our standards would be higher. I, I, I think I equate that to where you get a little bit outside your home sometimes and your, your network, um, your antenna, your, your uh, wireless access point isn't reaching through the brick. Like I have that issue on my deck and uh, you switch to the 5G or the 4G instead and uh, you know, kind of solve the problem for a moment. Um, so I, I could see that, that being uh, an interesting uh, spin on it as well. Yeah, I know uh, up here, oddly enough, uh, when, when 4G first came out, LTE came out, mm -hmm. because our broadband costs are, are so exorbitantly high in Canada, it was a constant conversation between myself and clients over, well, I'm getting, you know, 400 megs down on my phone, but when I'm on my Wi-Fi, I'm only getting, you know, 65. Like, well, yeah, because you only get 100 into the house. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we can only go so fast. Sorry, I was going to, I think what's interesting is the, one of the concepts around it is the blending of the LAN and the WAN, you know, it's mm -hmm. like that, the fact that, that I think there are, there, there's definitely, you know, a, a vision out there that 5G will go to, you know, connected appliances, for example, and that everything mm -hmm. is on, on the same, on the same network. And that's kind of interesting if you start to think about, you know, uh, connected cars as well and sort of how all of the technology outside of the home connects to your home and I think that's one of the more interesting concepts that has the likelihood to affect our industry is if we are no longer responsible for the home network 
that actually it's relying on, you know, antennas, mm-hmm. <laughs> that what that, that could pose some issues, not just security issues, but reliability issues. So I think it's definitely one to watch to see how it develops in terms of the technology um, and how, how quick they are to, um, to, to move forward with that. It, it definitely has the potential to completely disrupt the current architecture approach. Dennis, let me, let me wrap this story up with you. One of the things that is rarely talked about, uh, especially in the, the residential or the commercial AV space when, when 5G comes up, is the regulation aspect. Currently, it, it hasn't been, regulations haven't been finalized in the U.S. Do you think that the regulations may or may not affect how 5G ends up being deployed across the board? Is it too early to tell? I think it is too early to tell. I've had the luxury of Powerhouse is a a group of distributors for Samsung. And Samsung has really, really, really been behind 5G, obviously. uh, And, you know, Jeremy and Giles even touched on it. Samsung being so diverse with appliances, with cell phones, with TVs, they've been actively, actively involved with 5G. And, and I, I think one thing we all need to think about, and this directly, Matt, talks about regulations. You know, we, we all hear um, 3G, 4G. Let's remember 4G came out now almost 10 years ago. And it's taken us 10 years to get to 5G and max out 4G, so to speak. So part of that's because of regulation, but part of that is that for 5G, and I've seen some of the abilities that it has, but to many people today, that's like Star Trek. And I think we won't see 5G consistently and its capabilities for four or five years down the road as everybody starts to understand and, and that all the devices start to incorporate 5G and what 5G can do for the devices and vice versa. So, and then you, you put the hat on that and that is regulations. You know, and I, I can certainly speak, I think sometimes the US government does their best to, you know, uh, as soon as they see a new red piece of meat, they wanna regulate the, the crap out of it. So, um, you know, I, I think we're so early into this. There's a lot of adaptation that we still not need to get into. And, and frankly, hopefully the government doesn't understand it for several years so that the device makers and everybody else can get involved and really start to utilize what its capabilities are. And, and again, Jeremy and Giles touched on, I mean, there's so much more and so much more that it can do and so much faster and so much deeper at, at every level. Um, Provided we can keep the government out of it a little bit, um, I think that you know three or four years down the road we'll we'll know a lot of these answers. Yeah, it's definitely something that will have to be watched going forward. All right, gentlemen, let's hit our last story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro. Cedia is going to be a grow with Google education partner. We're, we're doing an education show today. If you if you missed it, uh, and offer free business courses. Uh, earlier in May, uh, Cedia announced this 
Uh, it'll be accessible via the Cedia Academy online, and you can explore currently, uh, I believe, 10 topics, including fundamentals of online marketing and design thinking for the entrepreneur. Uh, they're going to continue to add new topics as they go on. Jeremy, uh, let's start with you on this. Uh, as we already talked, you know, there, there's a, a vast variety of courses and, and training available on the CD educational platform. This obviously adds some more and some more from a bit of a different vein. These are definitely more business courses, uh, but they're also coming from Google. So it's going to have a bit of a different spin. How important is it for CDA to continue to make these partnerships from the educational side and help dealers with all aspects? Because obviously everyone knows that, that CDA training is fantastic for technical skills. Um, adding in these these business courses from Google gives a, a lot more of a diverse offering. How important is it for that to continue? Yeah, well, Cedia has, like you said, always been really great with the technical training, and a lot of it has been experiential-based training, um, veterans of the industry stepping in to, to really talk about the school of hard knocks that they've gone through and then developing core curriculum that's supported that that experience and learning from the manufacturers how their products work and that, that sort of thing um, on the business side um, it's been one of the weaknesses of of our industry not Cedia per se but our industry how to run mm -hmm. a business and to to look for outside uh, resources to to help uh, improve that uh, offering is a smart move. I I don't um, think that you can have too many uh, different uh, vari varieties of different things that you can choose from here to be better business owners. Um, marketing is always a really important part of what we do. Um, um, it, you know, online. Marketing is one of the courses mentioned here, and of course that is essential as well as just word of mouth uh, promotion of your company. But uh, I think that uh, you're you're basically looking at um, someone who has a huge uh, budget and opportunity to be able to create this stuff in Google, and may as well use the resources that are available to you and not try to do it all yourself. De Dennis, you and I have talked about the, the business aspect of this industry for a long time and how uh, there are times where it, it's, well, it's lacking. Well, I'll just, I'll be very upfront about it. How hard is it to teach a technical industry about the practicalities of business and, and how to run a business? Is that a, a bigger challenge in this industry than, than others? I don't know that it's bigger in this industry than others. I would say it is big in this industry. Um, you know, we have, and I again speak for my distributor partners, um, a lot of people we sell are one, two, and three man organizations. Their office is their truck. And, you know, as a distributor, we've got to make sure that we have the product. You know, they don't. We talk about the business aspect, but every single day we have a dealer walk in that says, I need this. He didn't call us in advance. Uh, we almost have to kind of anticipate their needs. And, you know, most of these guys have not gone through formal training um, in business. 
Uh, they're very good at technical, and, and this does spread across many industries. They're very good with their hands and doing things they need to do. Um, but, you know, again, and I, and I always laughed, um, I, I had in my own company, I had a credit manager. And I used to call him in charge of sales. I used to say that he was a director of sales prevention. And the reason I would say that is that 30 days would come and a guy didn't pay. And he's right away calling me and saying, I'm going to put the clamps on this dealer. Well, it wasn't because the dealer didn't have money. It's because he spends six days in his truck. And Sunday, he doesn't want to sit in front of a checkbook and pay for the things that he, he picked up during the week. And, and, you know, there's a fine line there because obviously everybody still needs to be paid and, and get paid. Um, but also simple things as far as integrators going into people's homes and, and asking for money up front. We had, you know, that was one of the things we've pushed to integrators that, you know, you're, you're going to get a lot more respect from your client by saying, I need half up front because he has people that he has to pay and things like that. And, and these are, were not part of the thought process of these business owners. The thought process is, hey, I can connect 16.2 to a pair of speakers and make sound come out of it. And, and one of the things I, I just want to add, Matt, that at the beginning when we talked about, you know, and, and again, I laughed with Giles when we talked about one of the modules, part of one of the modules that we're going to teach is etiquette for guys going into homes. You know, they're going to walk on white carpet and they have their boots that they got out of their truck. Um, you know, how many of them know to put a little booty on top of their boots so they don't walk across somebody's white carpet and say, well, sorry, I didn't realize I stepped in mud before I came into your house or, um, you know, just various aspects of, of etiquette when they walk into a house. And, and I think that's part of, I, I say that's even as important as understanding how to run a business. It's part of, you know, your personality when you go into a client's location um, and that's how you get respect and frankly that's how you can charge what you can charge you know if you're just joe jones comes with a tool belt in and you got your big muddy boots um chances are that that client's not going to have you back but when you add etiquette you have some business sense a, a written correct proposal um these are almost as important as making sure that you install the product and the last thing i'll say to you matt as part of business's concern and we had this and I've discussed this with you, there's got to be a just say no <laughs> at some point. We, I, I know you're laughing because there, there's some installers go in and all of a sudden they're the jack of all trades. They can, they can wire a stadium and they can wire a one-bedroom home. Um, that's usually not true. Um, so from the business, there, there are things that aren't only accounting-based principles, but if you're going into a home to give an estimate, know what your capabilities are and if your capabilities aren't what that customer wants or what that bar owner wants or you, you've got to say you know what this is beyond my scope of capabilities and, and again so when we talk about business there's there's a lot of ingredients that go into it it's not only the accounting but that is extremely important yeah very good gels i'll let you wrap this up for us uh one of the biggest things that uh, is talked about in this article, and, and it's it's even your own quote, which is perfect, is that we really need to become masters at business. And I've I've argued for years. You and I have you know chatted about this at at Cedia in board meetings, 
at trade shows, we, I, I have touted this for years, that that is the biggest holdback for our industry. And the biggest thing that is preventing us from being rolled up by any of the other, you know, channels that are, are, are making pushes uh, into what we do is that if we can master the business aspect of this and the business case for what we do every day, is this the first step in seeing Cedia continue to push that that concept? Absolutely. Um, I, you know, I think I, I when I set up my integration firm, I, honestly, I, I was it was like ma the majority in our industry. It was out of a passion for technology. And, you know, I would hazard a guess that the, the majority of companies actually in our industry don't know how much money they're making. Even, you know, not even as specific as on the job is actually, you know, it's, it's and I know this because I've had conversations with Paul Starkey, who is, you know, from Vital Management. Um, you know, it, actually not many use accounting software and actually know how much money they're making from, you know, from their labor and, and from their design services, or let alone, you know, the overall margin they're making on, on, on the project. So it is, it's, it's one of a, you know, a range of different things that I think is important that integrators learn. I mean, I think one of the common myths is that it's a lot harder to implement some of these things like an accounting system or CRM or mm -hmm. actually at the start, but actually it actually means that things can start to be more automated further down the road. So it is absolutely adding those sort of business uh, courses as alongside marketing and sales courses. Um, as, as Dennis mentioned, customer service, you know, customer management. Um, and really, these, these courses are going to be refreshed every month with a whole sort of curated um, list of different ones. So, um, but absolutely, it's us supplementing that sort of technical foundation education with um, high quality content and, and courses that are more sort of business marketing and sales focused that we think will um, help sort of become, ensure that the industry becomes a little bit more um, professional because as Dennis also mentioned you know the, the size of these businesses are often very small you know one mm -hmm. two or three man operations so um, it's ensuring that people can go to the CDA Academy to get what they need and again in bite-sized pieces not necessarily having to you know sit down for three days worth of training they can they can access it in bite-sized pieces to so it's fle as flexible as possible and they can you know access it in the evening or at the weekends and and that's the most important thing yeah that's fantastic all right gentlemen let's wrap up there thank you all for joining us jeremy if people want to connect with you learn more about residential tech today uh catch your podcast where can they do that uh best place would be restechtoday.com for the uh daily news and to subscribe to the print magazine and uh check out the podcast it's um it's uh, Residential Tech Talks at Apple Podcasts. And uh, this week we're going to have a new one with uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Melissa Andresco from Lutron, talking about Lutron history and her experiences there and some of our early days going to Epcot and getting some really cool uh, historical moments there with tech uh, when Epcot used to bring in manufacturers to do stuff like that. So uh, it's a fun one. That's fantastic. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Mr. Holzer, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Powerhouse Alliance, where can they do that? They can do it at www.powerhousealliance.com. If they want to
call me directly, and I take many of those calls every single day, dholzer at powerhousealliance.com. And look for four new locations coming in the next 30 days. That is fantastic. Mr. Sutton, my friend, thank you, sir, for taking some time to spend it with us today. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Cedia and all the training there, where can they do that? Um, thanks, Matt. Yeah, I, either on Twitter at Cedia Giles, or um, if you have a question about um, any, any of the education programs we're running, um, email member at cedia.org, or just Google Cedia Education, and you'll find it on Google. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, sir. Uh, thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. 